Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call and the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is uh, October 22nd, 2017. Tonight's speaker is Gary Ray, which is also known as the White Wolf. And brother, whenever you're ready, let me know. And if you want me to mute every, I'll mute all except for you. And Well, if you're going to leave in time for you to carry a link, that might be the wisest thing for me to go ahead and do this. And then we can open it up and see what kind of uh, Q&A we can have on it. Okay, let me mute it all but you. Bear with me. Okay, very good. You're good to go, brother. Thank you. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I've got a class session. I, I, I stopped it at a certain point, about six pages into the script, because, uh, one, I kind of want to see what you think and, you know, how things are going in your head. Um uh, this script, in some ways, may sound like it's a science fiction. But in reality, the scientific aspect of it is, say, referring to true knowledge, historical records, etc., is pretty accurate. The fiction part of it, truth is far stranger than fiction. And uh, I'd like to share this with you. I trust that you would keep an open mind and uh, think about it. And for those of you that know scriptures, think about the associations, because in reality, what we know of in the Bible today, and even in the Torah, um, is founded in most ancient knowledge, some going to summer, Schumer, uh, and summer in Babylon was really kind of like a, um, synonymous terms in a way, and uh, prior to Egypt and so forth and so on, and uh, yet this knowledge is all over the world. It was known in extremely ancient times, and uh, necessity brought about certain things that had to be done, even by those that from heaven to earth came. This here is a script from the School of the Prophets, the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. The title of it is called Conserving of the Pattern. Conserving of the Pattern. Volume 6, 0009. 2017 SOP 
2017. I'm Gary Ray Hickman, also called Punawaya, the White Wolf. And I taught this particular class. Today's topic is not for the faint-hearted. It is the strong meat referred to by Paul in the New Testament writings. In the most ancient and archaic reaches of what we call time in this present age, a spark. Some might categorize it as the ten secret or light vibrations of knowledge and action in this realm of matter observed. Once the sperm or essence of the initial thought and intent manifested, Man as a two-part being, yet one in totality. A means of instruction had to be made, and a knowledgeable state of enlightenment had to be taught, learned, and practiced. This process has often been referred to as putting the leaven in dough for making bread. A growth period had to occur, as with the planting, growing, and maturing of a crop or harvest. Inherent in this process is also contained a mechanism of pure record. The mechanism for containing this record and the ability to interact with it and within it, having the ability to alter, and change it to meet the situation or circumstances much as a gardener has the power to prune, plant, or remove and even harvest a garden and its potential abundance. What we now call the Lord's Supper, also called the Sacred Eucharist, had a originating point in ancient history those that were taught by the gods of Eden, E hyphen Den, D I N, in the Shamarian clay tablet text reveal many things about those we also know of as the Elohim and one called Lord, Y H V H, Enki, and as Enki, E A. The one task to make a worker to serve those from heaven to earth came. These used a elixir, (coughs) excuse me, referred to as the food or drink of the gods. It was also called Soma, as it came from the bodies of those that came down. This elixir of life was not given to Gilgamesh. He had to find it And then he had to learn to develop it. And there are nine gifts of the spirit or mind. But they must be accompanied by the nine fruits of the spirit or mind to correctly operate. The red and the white kingdom must work together as one or the soma is not. 
Enki and his sister Ninhursag worked together to produce the Adapa and the Adam Adama. Enki used his sperm essence to help in this creation, and later he again used his sperm essence to further develop the Adam. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, it details that Gilgamesh was two-thirds God, and he is on a journey of search and discovery to find the other third. He wanted to become a god by finding and acquiring the other third. In the scriptures, it states of us that we are all gods, but we shall die like men. But is that how it was originally taught and understood? No. It originally stated or implied, you are all gods, but you shall die as ordinary men unless you come to this divine, mental, or spiritual understanding that you are already gods. A body, though, thou hast made for me. Today we refer to this physical body as a temple of the living God, actually the house built in matter for the dual male-female entity called Adam to dwell and move acting out the intended role in this three-dimensional world of matter. Scripture and biblical text revealing man has a higher intended purpose, and that in this living essence we live, move, and have our very existence. Our instruction is also revealed as nature shall teach you many things. A record of instruction had to be contained within this creation called Adam, one that as man evolved in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, he as a species could develop and grow to the inner potential designed within man. In the Indian literature and scriptures of Hinduism, Buddhism, and the Vedic texts, there is a story of wise Brahm, the self-existing one. Brahm called all the gods together. This sounds like the Elohim. And asked them where he should put or hide the living essence that he had decided to give unto man. He asked each of the gods, one stated, hide it in the deep reaches of space. Man cannot find it there. Wise Brahm chuckled and said, <laughs> No, you do not realize what I have given unto man. He shall even search the reaches of space itself. Nothing can be hid from man. Another says, Then hide it in the depths of the sea. Surely he cannot find it there. Brahm again chuckled and said, no, man will search out the depths of the ocean. Another said, well, how about in the depths of the earth itself? Brahm again chuckled and said, no, man shall even go to the depths, the heart of the earth itself to find it. It cannot be put there. What I have given unto man is of my own essence. There's only one place that man will not look and that is within himself.
That is where I have chosen to put it. He must discover and develop into a God. I have designed man to be as myself, the I am that I am. It shall ever be so. Man has chromosomes, DNA, RNA, and the codons that house genetic memory like a vast labyrinth of records. The records of life, creation, and the ability to morph and change his being. In this book of life, as a spiraling tree of existence, every memory, every potential is recorded and potentially able to be opened and utilized during his or her lifetime. The serpent is a representation of the divine living energy of wisdom, knowledge and understanding found coiled and hidden within the tree of life called our body. Both polarities of the male and female essence is also contained within man. Otherwise, man could not prune the garden of their mind and the earth matter itself. They would not have the ability to uncover their divine essence the same essence that Gilgamesh was on a journey to discover. When you hear the term ancestor worship, it actually referred to the ability to consult with the inner record of our ancestors as held and recorded in the genetic code. No knowledge or true teaching concept has ever been lost except to those that have forgotten about this knowledge where it is easily found or that have never heard and learned of it. Man is the enlightened one in the gospel analogies. This state of mind is called Jesus, similar to the writings of Paul Cianus in 318 Current Era, Volume 10, Section 12. He stated, Zeus, Zeus. Vitarius Jupiter, Saul Invictus, the Invincible Son. He was actually revealing the mental state of divine-like enlightenment, illumination, and the quote of the teacher saying, I am the light of the world, and now you are also. Revealing our true inner nature and characteristics of vibrational influence. This divine-like state of mind has been called Jesus or Yahshua within you. The divine mind operating in and through us as a light being in manifestation. We are thought and light beings wearing a robe of skin, but we are all aspects of the divine divinity. Yes, you are all gods. In our search, we run across thought, divine scribe, one that writes on the tablets of our heart in the book of records. He has also been called Enoch, the divine scribe of the Lord, Y-H-P-H, even Enki-E-A. Some also call him Hermes Trismegistus, master of the three excellencies. Knowledge of the outer court, conscious mind, 
the middle court, the subconscious mind called heart and holy place. And finally, in the analogy, the most holy court, the inner sanctum, the divine realm, we call the superconscious mind today. We also are instructed to write the truth on the tablets of our heart, the inner, inner middle subconscious mind, thought, must also have an aspect within each of us in order to accomplish this task. The heavenly skies above are not the same heaven of the scriptures. One is external. The other is internal. While the astrological heavenly skies reveal much about times and seasons, zoological 12 with the 13th in the middle and the calendar of Dendra, this knowledge has been cast aside by the modern church system. The knowledge and association regarding nature herself has also been pushed aside. In the name of commercial enterprise and governmental control, attempting to keep man from the true knowledge of his destiny. And in this sense alone is the knowledge of true manifest destiny. It is not going to use conquest and discovery as a technique and doctrine to steal and control and subjugate the earth and other peoples on her. Yeah. T, G, or even T as in K-E, is the earth and her divine aspects. No child could have been created by Enki without men her sag, the divine sister hath. We too make one. Man as a species is a devourer of his fellow man without the knowledge of the divine or God's self within. This knowledge has been referred to by the Pope, Holy Father of the Roman Empire's Catholic State Church system, now known of as the Roman Catholic Church and her daughters, referring to the other denominational subdivisions, being the other so-called church systems under her umbrella and affiliation as a dangerous endeavor. It is dangerous to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A, a little bit. Ironically, that is correct. It is very dangerous to the external governments and religions of man for you, even all of us, to have awakened and have this inner fellowship with the divine aspect within, a actual living part or the very essence of us. It is a threat to the external Pope and the kings and rulers of the earth. They know the lie will be uncovered. You will no longer bow and pay tax, tithe, and tribute to them. Yes, that is a dangerous thing to them. Man is looked on as cattle seed, the dumb, brute beast of the field. Those that do not know the true divine nature within each and every one of us. The courts and every system of government and religion is designed around this principle. Ignorance is the key used to keep man in this ignorant state of existence. A weakened 
and powerless state of mind and being. Take a good look at the various churches, as detailed as a golden candlestick of lights, the tablets of the me. Seven on the original, like your chakra endocrine system and energy centers. Take note of the Church of Philadelphia, the Church of Brotherly Love, the body of believer knowers, though that practice the divine knowledge. Thou hast kept my name. Not a name as say Jesus, but the actual divine nature and characteristics of the divine creator. Then consider the beast image in Daniel. The gold, silver, bronze, brass, iron, and iron mixed with clay is actually mankind. We started with the knowledge of the divine and have descended to the level of the iron mingled with clay. Man no longer considers the divine aspect in us. All it takes is a small aspect or rock of the true divine law to be cut out, chosen, and used to hit the image in its feet, understanding, and toes, kingdoms, then all of the lies will dissolve. And God, so to speak, will be found in all, the all in all. These external thoughts and influences will be no more. They will vanish as dust in the wind, likened even to smoke. It shall be no more. Remove your eye or attention from the fear, calamity, lack, or supposed impossibility, and it, as the smoke in a strong wind, not only will it be seen anymore, but even its smell is gone. The ancient gods called those from heaven to earth came it has been said they lived to around 500,000 years and more. These same genetics are also found within us, but we must awaken them in order to use them. They found after being under the influence of matter in this three-dimensional realm, they began to age. They used the elixir of the gods as a means of extending their genetic strength their life, the natural forces. Women were considered as goddess priestesses, special women. They were the birth mothers of the progeny on earth. Natural, heavenly, genetic strength had to be conserved, and a special knowledge was practiced. This knowledge was not given to man at that time, but it was and is still encoded into our genetics sealed until the appropriate time at the end of the play. The original idea and intent of the creator concealed within man. A literal living temple in matter containing a aspect of the God or divine essence. That is why we are called gods. Those that came down knew or shall I say, discovered the necessity of conserving the divine essence. It was and is the creator of all things, including those that came down from heaven to earth. 
the essence from the stars. It had to be cooked or prepared in the cauldron of fire, the fire of passion that stimulates the living, rejuvenating energy without which there shall remain no life. A time and a cycle had to be established from the Shri or Shar, in some translations, time reckoning, a 3,600-year period, revealing a fourth and a fifth dimensional aspect beyond physical time and decay. The seed essence was and is found in the knowledge of the ovum in its regeneration cycle on a month's or monthly time cycle of regeneration on the earth plane. This full knowledge was known to the then enlightened thought priests, seers, etc. It, however, was not given to man, even Gilgamesh, at that time. It was meant for the age-lasting ability of the gods and eventually the Adam-man at the time appointed. Now is that time. Heaven and earth had to be conjoined as in a physical, mental, spiritual level of thought and actions to bring forth the divine hidden within man. When the planet, comet, sun passed by time at and the original collision occurred, time at was injured, even divided. We call her Earth today. And the battered bracelet in scriptures is a remnant of the collision that occurred between Jupiter, Zeus, and Venus, Isis, as referred to in the book of Jobab, also known of as Job. It is the asteroid belt. Nibiru is also referred to as planet X, as in the 10th planet, as Sitchin coined the term. Approximately every Shri or Shar is a time period of 3,600 years. Gain, notice, of 36. As a complete knowledge of the circle, and the three zeros are the stages of completion for return to the original cycle. There is nothing new under the sun. On its return, there will begin to develop a red dust. It will start showing up on your automobile windshields. It can even turn the waters and land the red color, in some cases similar to blood. Actually, a iron dust. Man is iron blood based, as is the menstruum of a womb man, and the scriptural text state, life is in the blood. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. In the Last Supper story, the statements are made to this effect. This is my body, the ovum, that is broken for you. This is my blood. Semen is the same as blood in the scriptures. That is given for you. Now take special note. As often as you do this, 
do it in remembrance of me. Most only equate this to a man that has been called Jesus, Jesus of Gamala. And Isis, even Isa or Isa. However, the me is a reference to the complete Adam, the earth man that is both male and female. The me are referring to the tablets of creation and life. The woman was given them by Enki Ea. And it's why in the scripture she is also known of as the teacher of the house or tent of instruction and the Holy Ghost spirit, the comforter in the New Testament. She will lead and guide you into all truth. Man as a single aspect is nothing without the knowledge of the me. And that knowledge can only be gained from the feminine aspect of the Adam. That is, we are two aspects, but together we are only one. Even in the physical, when a man and a woman join in sexual union, they together become one or a new flesh and manifestation. Pattern in the heavenly realm within, the same pattern we manifest and operate in on the earth and the physical. Within the sperm and the ovum, the red iron-based blood, the pituitary and the pineal endocrine essences, the building blocks for rejuvenation are contained within these two aspects of the soma. Both come from the body of God that we are. All the necessary stem and neonatal cells are present, and even today in cellular regeneration, this knowledge is being and beginning to take off. And what is normally called science is finally catching up to what was originally known and practiced by those from heaven to earth came. It was stated by the Messiah teacher, you are not of this world. Although you are in the world, referring to matter and manifestation. My kingdom is not of this world, in another analogy of the teacher. We are likewise in this world, but we are not a part of it. We come from beyond the limits of time, space, and physical existence. We are on a journey to learn and develop our control over matter in this three-dimensional world, developing and recovering our light body called the Merkaba. We develop this in the astral body or the out-of-body experience. We are to exercise our senses by reason of use. We must become familiar with the aspects of our Godhood or Godhead existence all the while. We also have the ability to gain the knowledge of the tree of life. It is also found within the human body as a temple or tent of a living God. Once we acquire that knowledge, it is said that we have gained the crown of life, an age-lasting ability as called everlasting life at John 3:15 and 16 in the New Testament writings. And this understanding has found the keys to death, hell, and the grave. All three aspects are the 
fears found in the unenlightened and fearful state's mind in all three aspects of the temple mind found within man, the Adam. However, the scriptures do teach we can change. Do you not conform to this world as in the limitation physically perceived, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, realizing the divinity found within you? This knowledge is why the Pope says a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ is a dangerous thing. Yes, it is to the Roman Empire church-state system, along with all the governments of man and the bankers. They can no longer get their unjust wages of usury and interest. The merchants of the world of matter and physical ownership can no longer sell their goods as their great city. The physical Jerusalem called Sodom and Gomorrah and her daughters, New York, Washington, D.C., London, Zurich, Brussels, others, and Papal Rome, shall weep and howl as they gnash their teeth because no one buys their wares any longer. I'm going to stop here, and if you want to know more, then you'll have to ask some questions. Please stay on point within the topic guidelines I have revealed in this teaching. We shall see where we go on to from here. Shalom. Okay, Brother Jim. Okay, I've unmuted everybody. Brother, that is a powerful teaching. It sure reveals a lot of things if people really pay attention. Oh, my God. Uh, This is what everybody's searching for in the Scripture. This is really what they're searching for. In reality, it really is. But you see, because the way we've been taught, and what we've been taught, and the knowledge withheld, man, you have to kind of let them look in the mirror of that a few times before it really kind of gets down to the core of their understanding. Once they really grasp it, those that see it and hear it and really comprehend it, they're going to change. To the rest of them, it just, hey, man, that was a good movie. God dang, go ahead. I mean, I well, I may or I may not have liked that uh, that uh, scientific study there. Uh, that uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, and if, some of them have to go test this out, to go test that. They have the cares of the life that leads them here, there, and wherever. And uh, as you begin to see that, see, that uh, is the very thing that uh, causes people to wake up and understand. And they don't realize that their Bible, their Bible literally comes from these ancient texts. And so I'll hear some of the Christians just say, well, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, done this to confuse them. He knew God's plan. Oh, listen here. Those people are making an excuse to be failure. They're making an excuse to never discover who and what they are. Unless, of course, they believe the fallen um, one that has lost power and been cast down is greater than their idea and their concept of what they perceive of and call God. See, that's the difference. And you just have to let them stay where they are. Those that will catch it, they get their healing. They get many of these things. 
Others, once they learn the secrets and it happens, they begin to gradually move and change because they stay hid away. Man, if they knew who they were and what they were doing, man, in his ignorant state of mind, would attempt to destroy him because man would think he's doing the God a service and does not realize that he's fighting the very God that is the aspect of his own nature because he can't comprehend and he's unwilling to look and find that God within himself. Yes, sir, brother. I'm going to have to, you know, myself go here in a minute. Are, uh, is anyone going to ask any questions or anything? Or we gonna... California just flipped on there. They may have a question or some interaction. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, Gary, how you doing? It's Gil. Gil, good evening. I'm, I'm doing just fine. What's right. got on your mind? Well, brother, well, before you answer, before you answer, Gil, wait just one moment, okay? Uh, I'm going to have to step out of here for a little bit, okay? Yeah, okay. Well, go ahead and pick up Alenka and get her to her job. I mean, you sure don't want to lose her job now. I mean, uh, better do everything you can while you can. Go ahead, brother. We'll deal with it. Okay, brother. Thank you. Shalom. Shalom. I'll see you in a little bit. Go ahead, All brother right. Gil. Yeah, I um I don't I guess I have a little question. Um like listening to the call from uh the other day when Michael Joseph came in, he um shared a lot of really really amazing things and I guess the hardest thing for me to understand is how does someone live like like have a life like uh, you know and participate in the economy and try to provide for their family and at the same time, you know, um, learn and incorporate this into their life where you're, where you're trying to um, find your purpose and what we're supposed to be. Do you understand my question? Yes, I do. It doesn't say you can't get a job and you can't work and those kind of things. Um, it's just telling you to learn to develop your inner nature and learn to develop your inner communication. You're going to run into people all make tense uh, while he was teaching. Uh, that was how he sustained himself. So as a tent maker, um, we read the analogies about a carpenter, but yet there's other analogies that go with it that have other meanings. Yeah. And as you do... Um, like, there's things that we do not like to do, even here. But because of the fact that those are things that we're attached to, we are in this world. There's no right. two ways about it. But we're not a part of it. So we live to the higher self, but yet when in Rome, sometimes you have to act as if you're a Roman or dress like them. If you're in... Another country, the same thing. And so give yourself space and opportunity to grow and do. But just be a fair, honest, and just man in doing it. Develop your powers of healing and, and things of that nature. 
those people will be drawn to you. I don't take and go make a living off of the abilities that I've been given. And uh, I've helped a lot of people. I've even turned down a lot of big money at times because it wasn't something that I gained by paying for it or getting price or getting, you know, to make money. Um, some of it is true. It did cause me to learn. Mm-hmm. But once I learned, all those great things that I learned were able to help me or my family or others. What kind of price can I put on that? I can't. Priceless. But yet, I do do things that make a income or profit and gain, shall we say, um, yeah. um, for the farm, for the children, and things of that nature. So um, am I answering your question? You're, you're answering it. It just, it's, you know, you answered it. It just, it's it's hard to find balance in what we, what the spirit's endeavoring to be, and yet, you know, you're, you still have to wake up and provide. You know what I mean? It just seems like a very difficult balance. <clears throat> yeah, I, I understand. I mean, um, I needed 40 rolls of hay, and... Uh, they wanted to charge me so much, and I told the guy who I was. He said, oh, man, I've I seen that call, and, uh, uh, oh, yeah, it's so much for you. So they, they charged me $14 a round bell roll delivered to the farm. Mm. I mean, that's unheard of. And they've done this for years for me. Yeah. And um, they saved me the best tape. They keep it in the barn. I buy feed at the feed store, the elevator. I buy different things for the children, but uh, in the farm, you know, the, the, the meals and everything we we purchase and provide for. We build a honey house, and we, we've got, we've got uh, beehives and stuff. Why? Because I can exchange all of that for an income source to help prepare for them and help them learn how to make their own living. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's interesting. <laughs> it uh, it definitely um, makes you think, you know. Yes, and it I think does. It makes it makes you. I, I guess it just makes you a better a better man if you can learn to balance and, like you said, find time to you know uh, yeah find that 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 quiet space and time and and work on you know, what ultimately most of us on this call are looking for, you know? Well, see, like another thing is a lot of people think you just have to go take off time and just sit in the corner in the dark and meditate. Notice it says when you stand praying, when you stand saying, every idle thought, every idle word that proceeds out of your mouth, well, before it can come out of your mouth, you had to be thinking and dwelling on it. So the thoughts that you entertain become your meditations. And uh, as you begin to walk through life, you can shape and reshape everything. Listen, that was one of the greatest secrets that I really learned from Jose Silva. And yet it was right there in the scriptures, but it was not being taught that way. But once I seen it, oh, man, it just started really opening the doors for me and my family. And, um, I mean, I used to test drive it all the time. Somebody get a fever, and boom, I take it away. You know, I mean, I exercise in that power to do so. Uh, or uh, someone to get a toothache, take it away. 
headaches, migraines, take them away. Uh, people couldn't walk because of arthritis. Stove up and take it away. Oh, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> I was test driving this thing everywhere I went. Test me, prove me, see if I won't pull out the blessing. <laughs> and, brother, I took it at face value and got with the program. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I just had that question. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to take too much of the call, but, you know, I'll back out. Hopefully someone else will chime in and get some questions going. Um, you know, I do appreciate, you know, listening to you and Jim, and it's always fun to hear Michael Joseph come in. He, he comes in with a little twist sometimes. It makes oh, yeah, a little he does. Let me tell you something. I, I know when I first met him, I know he thought I was as nuts as a goose in a hailstone. <laughs> I mean, listen here, he thought it, man, he thought I was batshit crazy, as the fellow said, you know. <laughs> but uh, 14 makes a statement here, and he says, every man is Jesus. We must all call the 12. Well, everyone is potentially the enlightened aspect, and yet the Jesus aspect has to be in us, that illuminated state. Then, once we are illuminated, we can open and become the Christ or chrismed aspect where we are able to control the pineal gland and um, the different aspects of the corpus callosum, the, the hippocampus, etc., and uh, the pituitary. And as we learn to take on this, we're taking on and putting on the helmet of salvation, the complete knowledge of this saving state, thereby calling, as he said, the twelve disciples. We have to turn them into apotheosis ones. The 12 aspects having the knowledge that the power of the God is fully resident and active and potentially capable at any time they direct it in that aspect of thought. I gotcha. No, yep. it's good stuff. It's, uh, I definitely, every I definitely... man has to be like the analogy, number 14. That's correct, Gil. Every man has to be like the analogy is. When he says, I have overcome and sat down on my father's throne, now you got to do likewise. And he was the first of many brethren. So hell was a bunch of us out here, brothers and sisters. We all got this ability. But they don't teach it as that. They want to make it one individual. And it is not. The analogy of the one individual is teaching the whole how to be like the one that is used as the example. This is my son that was, is, and ever shall be. That son, that son is a light, not just a S-O-N, but a S-U-N, an illumination, because it was the seaprith, the sparks of light that came forth. And they had to be spent because they were so powerful that nothing could stand to look up on it or perceive it. And so the ten aspects were broken down, one and zero in its different phases, nine stages of work or completion. And the next one becomes a placeholder carrying you to the next higher level. So all of these things are in there. MJ's in there. Uh Path is towards life, transfiguration. That's it. My son, life, my daughter, love, let us, our typical ideas and divine mind, make man in our image. Amen. That's what you're doing. 
That's why you train up and teach your children uh, the way they should go. You're preserving and imprinting the knowledge of transformation and change that they can take and go. They won't be just like Abraham, but they'll have some of the concepts of Abraham, and they'll be able to do those things that the potential of Abraham could do and perform. Yeah. Maybe Michael Joseph wants to jump in. Maybe he's learned something since the the last call uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's always uh, it's always nice to hear him share his but stuff. MJ, if you got something, reach over and kick that mic on. Did not count it robbery. To be thought equal, to be as, to be the God. Notice in Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. What's the second one? Like unto the first. Your neighbor is yourself. Why? When we are in the brotherly love, then we can act and come in the name being the nature and the characteristic. It's not just saying a name. It's being what it means to be identified and to represent those nature and characteristic actions in and through our, as we go through our daily life. MJ, if you're in there, jump on it. Yeah, the chat says he's got to find his phone. <laughs> All right, I got you. If you got to call in, no problem. Got to find my phone. Hallelujah. You've been down that road before. Hey, I do have another question for you. Um, a while back, I don't know what I made, but I know you sent out um, like a recipe where there was frankincense and myrrh and uh, yes, coconut uh, oil. Okay, I took put, a, raw to... cold pressed, a raw cold-pressed coconut oil, uh-huh. and uh, I would uh, find me a dark, say in this case it was a type of Kahlua coffee, or it wasn't Kahlua, it was a type of, of uh, coffee extract, but it had a nice amber bottle and, and a red mm-hmm. you know, plastic cap on it, and uh, it seemed like it's 32 ounces. And so what yeah. I did was that I would uh, divide that up by eight so that I knew exactly how many eight-ounce batches I had in there. And then for every eight-ounce total of coconut oil in that bottle, I added 40 drops Mm -hmm. of the frankincense. Now, there's different kinds of frankincense. You ask for one that is uh, more prone to knocking out carcinoma. Now, this particular one is Auracacia, A-U-R-A-C-A-C-I-A, and uh, it's called a meditative 100% essential oil. And um, I'm here to tell you, if you have a a melanoma or beta cell, something like that externally, it'll knock it out. But by putting that 40 drops of that frankincense in every eight ounces of the oil, uh, then I would add 40 ounces of, say, the pure essential oil of myrrh. 40 then drops. Then I added... Huh? You say 40 ounces or 40 drops? Uh, 40, I'm sorry, 40 drops of, okay. uh, the, uh, of myrrh. Every time I'm talking 40, I'm talking drops here. I'm not talking ounces. But uh, <laughs> 40 drops of the essential oil of myrrh, 40 drops of the essential oil of black pepper. 
mm-hmm. and 40 drops of the essential oil, a USP-graded uh, essential oil of turmeric, T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. The reason the black pepper must be there is there is an enzyme in the black pepper and essential oil that activates the turmeric for its full potential. Now, I would shake that up really, really good, and um, I found what they call um, a uh, launcher. It's a one-shot shooter. And uh, it, I don't know how many ounces. I guess you could probably put three tablespoons in here at least, maybe more. But um, I used between one and a half and two tablespoons of that mixture. And um, that would be a morning and an evening anal injection. You could use it for prostate, colon cancer, ovarian cancer, lung carcinoma, and uh, basically anything else that you had in the body. And uh, you can find that on the web. Uh, what's the name of the company it come from? Trinity Vibes, I think, is where we finally found out uh, it came from. And uh, this particular one, it's got like three rings, you know, uh, you know, like a triple, you know, whole syringe. And uh, it's probably about... Uh, Oh, uh, somewhere around six and a half, seven inches in length. Now, because I know um, I had never had any prostate trob- uh, difficulties or anything like that, except one time when I was in Vietnam when a doctor or proctologist taught me about the, the uh, prostate massage. Well, hell, I never really fully understood. I just knew that it worked because he, he used it on me and straightened everything out. And uh, finally, in martial arts and the Dallas Temple training, you know, the sexual skills and all these different things, longevity healing, a Dallas priest normally never has prostate cancer. The reason is, is he has taught how to digitally massage anally his prostate gland and to keep it milked down to where it stays a healthy size of about no bigger than a golf ball. Hmm. When it starts getting bigger than that golf ball, some of them will get up to where they look like a cake donut. And, uh, man, when you punch on that or gently put pressure on it, I mean, the knees will almost go out from under them. And after a few times uh, doing that, doing it easy, uh, the pressure will go down and the prostate will begin to uh, tighten back up and their ejaculatory responses and things will greatly become enhanced. And so here the other day, uh, I began to have this weird feeling in my crotch. And I said, ah, dang, that is not normal. And so um, I had this stuff made up, and I said, well, now's a good time to test drive it. And so I lubricated the shooter and uh, done the uh, insertion, and um, I just, gently began to ease forward till I could feel the prostate. And when I touched it, um, I kind of done like a crank, you know, like a turn, and let it just circular over that. And so um, it uh, caused the prostate to release, and then I shot the two uh, tablespoons of, uh, of that mixture into the, um, in, into the uh, rectum. 
Friend, by the time I had done it the second time, every sensation was gone. It just disappeared. And so I kept going. As a matter of fact, I've got to do it tonight. And um, I've noticed that uh, um, when you have any kind of a situation like that, uh, it'll go away. Jacob had gotten bit by the brown recluse, and through the combination of essential oils, the um, ion cleanse, and the blasted uh, uh, rack frequencies using the uh, BNK 4011, um, mm -hmm. in five days' time, his hand was completely cured. And normally, uh, five days with a, a brown recluse, I'm telling you, that can get to be a real situation. So there's many, many things. Um, another thing is that uh, I had referred to the um, the beet wine, and I would use 10 beets at least the size of, let's say, um, 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 a tennis ball to a hard ball. And uh, I would clean them up a little bit, but I didn't peel the bark. I just washed them really, really good. I'd throw that in my breville juicer, and zoop. You know, it would spit all the pulp and everything out, and it was all perfectly dry, and I just got the juice. Then I throwed in about a three-inch long piece of ginger, about an inch, inch and a quarter in diameter. And uh, then I throwed in two fingers, about the size of your little finger, of uh, turmeric rhizomes. You can buy them in, the, in a grocery store in the vegetable market, usually. And um, I throwed in two cloves of garlic and juiced them. Then I took, and I said one lemon, but I would up it to two lemons because of the vitamin C, the neutralizing acidic conditions, and uh, the fact that uh, the high vitamin C has got 16 to 1800 milligrams of natural C in each one plus the lithium. And that neutralizes the oxalic acid in the beets and then once you've got that done, I uh, had, uh, let's say, a half of a gallon, one quart of the juice. And so I took Carla Rossi Sangria and filled it slap to the top, you know, where I had room to move it around and so forth. And you only take two shot glasses a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. Now, let me tell you what happened. They had been monkeying with my blood pressure, and they had changed the pill, and it was a little higher than it used to be. Well, after doing that for about a week and a half, we'll say two weeks max, I was at uh, the pulmonary clinic where they were checking my lung and everything and doing a echogram. And um, the lady, she said, oh, my God, your blood pressure is really low. I said, well, what you got? She said, I have 83 over 68. Oh, wow. Well, that was down there pretty good especially when it had been about 120 to sometimes as high as 130 over, let's say, 80, um, uh, which is still a good blood pressure, but uh, um, a little bit on the high side. Well, they're going to cut my my um, blood pressure medication because in, say, less than two weeks, I basically dropped it back to normal. Now, what else it's going to be doing is that it's going to be opening up and dissolving the plaque, and you'll notice that if you're using that and you're using the suppository um, carcinoma um, um, essential oil 
coconut, etc. method, you're going to notice that um, it's going to start opening up and dropping belly fat. It's going to start working on diabetes if you have it, making it disappear because the turmeric, it, it, man, it knocks it. It really knocks diabetic conditions. It helps to dissolve fat out of the liver and so forth. So I mean, there's many beneficial things going on. That beet wine. Um, now, part of the recipe I got from uh, Denise in Ottawa, and uh, there's a guy up there, Tony uh, the Greek. I don't. I mean, he got. A, he's a Greek. That's who he is. But his name's a wing dang. He's just an old country fellow, figure and diddly. But nevertheless, he's got a pretty good idea. We just kind of played around and enhanced it. But uh, you do those three combinations, I'm here to tell you, um, you'll straighten a heck of a lot of what may ail you out. But MJ bound to be in there by now. Yeah, he's in there. I'll back out. Thank you for the information. My I know my father has a my father in law has a enlarged prostate. He gets up probably about six or eight times a day or you know, in the middle of the night. So maybe I can make that, some of that stuff up for him and see if we can get him helped out. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, if we will do that and do the rotation against the prostate itself, he uh, it won't be long, and he'll notice a major difference. Okay. Gary, Gary, Michael Yo. does it here. Uh, I just ha- actually had a uh, – I went to uh, get a physical done. I hadn't had a physical in about 14 years, and so I went in there and had a physical done, and the, and the doc said I had something called prostatitis. And they wanted to put me yep. on these pills, so I said, "Hey, before we do that, let me go back." And uh, I made a mixture of myrrh, uh, turmeric, coconut oil, um, black pepper, and uh, oh, there was one more. Um, frankincense. 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 Yes. And I mixed it in there, and um, and you know, I actually what I did is I. I um I couldn't find anything to do like an injector, so I I went and I made um, suppositories, and then I would yeah. use them you know, like two to three times a day, you know. And um, anyway, um, I got to tell you, man. Plus, she told me my my blood sugar was at six point four, which is like peaking into diabetic, right? So. Yep. I said, all right, she wants to put me on all sorts of blood pressure stuff and all these statins and everything, right? So I said, no, I'm not doing any of that. And she says, well, you're not going to take my advice? And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm going to fix it with diet and um, essential oils and more exercise. So she said, yeah, everybody says they're going to do that, but no one does it. And I said, well, now that I know what the problem is, now I know what I need to do. And I said, so I just needed you to point out what the problem was, and I'll do the rest. Okay. And so I went and did that. It started, uh, I started, you know, walking about four miles a day. I, I went to a strictly whole foods diet, no no sugar, period. And all the, um, like, no refined sugars, like fructose, things like that. That's fine, but just no refined sugars. And, um Man, I'm down 15 pounds, and uh, and the prostatitis is gone. It's it's great, man. So I mean, this stuff, these natural cures, and, and here's the thing: what I wanted to share. It's the reason why I got on the call. Man, 
uh, a couple of years ago, I come on and hear you talking about this, that, and the other, and I'd be thinking, you know, well, about four years back, I'd be thinking, come on, man, you know, I mean, that's just what the scriptures are saying, you know. Oh, but man. I've just now come to the realization that, you know, um, when when it says Jesus called his apostles, his disciples, rather, this is him calling the twelve the twelve centers, the twelve faculties in, in each one of us and and raising them from a sensual level into a spiritual realm. And Correct. and it is him, you know, he 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 first called Peter, Peter's faith. You know, you have to have faith on things that are unseen and the fact that your spoken word has more power. The the thought and the spoken word has tremendous power. Yes. And that on the spiritual side of things, we speak life into us. When our words start to match those of the life-giving words that were meted out to us in the scriptures, and our mind starts to become so immersed with those thoughts, then we are transformed. And that's what St. Paul was saying, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, you know? Absolutely. So that's it. That's what he's saying is, that, you know, he's, spiritualized all of the twelve faculties and sent them forth is is uh matur- maturation on both the the uh the physical plane, the uh psychic plane and the and the uh, the mental plane, all of it. You know, on all the different planes he had spiritualized his being so that no man could take his life at that point. And he he told Martha you know, the aspect of us that thinks that we have to serve and do all sorts of things to please God. He said, look, if you believe what I'm telling you, you won't see death. And Martha said, yeah, yeah. Lord, thou art the resurrection because she's been churched to death. Yeah. She thinks she's got to go through death to see life. That's correct. And But that's not what Jesus taught. He taught that ye are to live. The dead know nothing. That's what he said. He said the dead don't know anything. That's correct. So once you understand, you automatically have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. You can control that aspect. It can't come unto you. No man can take your life. Hell has enlarged itself. But guess what else it says? It was never intended to be so. It couldn't be intended to be so because in God is only the contemplation of life. So the concept of the concept of life and love is the true concept of the of the father idea of in the spiritual man. It's life and so Jesus who represents the Christ says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Absolutely. And say Moses was teaching the same thing. Choose you this day. What is it you're gonna serve? Life and blessing or cursing and calamity? Is it going to serve you, or are you going to serve it? Choose you. What is it you want? It's well, that's up. exactly it. It's the same. The same stories can be found just in different symbols in the Old Testament. You know, Abraham is the first one who's called. Abraham is is the same symbol as Peter. You know, right. Abraham is tested, and he has tested the thing that he loved the most, the things he was promised. He said, "Will you give that up and come follow me?" And and so Isaac is sort of a representation of that which we love the most. And the beauty the beauty of it is that when he was willing to give it up for this um, internal um, 
renewing of the mind, then not only did he retain that which he loved, he was given a substitute. Uh, so, you know, we just have to be willing, you know, to, to enter into that path and to begin to work, you know, because Jesus had to work, man. He he worked and he labored to reach the point where he um, he transfigured, you know. I mean, that just didn't come by, you know, he had it from the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, it, that's your analogy of the laborious uh, labor of the mind when you go and you see sweaty great drops as of blood, as it were. Uh, it, that was the anguish, the turmoil in our mind as we go through the choice every day. What are we going to do, you know? I mean, what are we going to do about it? And um, and as we begin to see, we either have to accept the knowledge that this God source is operating and working in and through us and will do what it says, or we have to dwell in fear, and that is the anguish. That's where the great drops of blood is coming out. And um, like the man said, you can't get blood out of a turnip, but you can out of a beet. Well, that's the interesting thing <laughs> is that the, uh, the, um, the law, you know, the spiritual law in being has already been created. We incarnated under that law. And... And so, you know, Jesus used that spiritual law to heal a man. And yep. we ourselves can can use, once we become aware of, you know, the spiritual sins that we do in the body against ourselves, we can stop doing that and we can start to create that, um, that Merkabah so that we can, uh, that light body, if you will, so that, you know, because just like anything else, like I started, and I know it's strange, but I was looking at my um, my children this weekend, and I was like, yeah, okay, the baby was born, mama weaned the baby, and then and then we're in the area of, um, you know, my son's 11 right now, and then there'll come a day in which he'll go out of my house, and he'll take a wife. And I thought to myself, that's the divine principle in action, that we would come to a point where we would be reborn and the the baby would be nurtured and and fed up and 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 raised up, but there would come a day in which we would we would walk walk out and we would become creators ourselves. We'd put away Absolutely. the book. It's got to reach maturity where the seeds are present, and then those are lawful seeds because they go forth and they're scattered abroad, and that that, that that's that's that is the life cycle. It's fantastic, and and the idea being is that uh, you know if if you create, you have the liability for your creation. So you know that's what you know. In another sense, you can see how the the powers that be in the world today they do business out of the Word of God because they took these uh, they understood it on the level of consciousness, and they took it out of the consciousness of one man. And they said, okay, uh, let's apply this to a corporation of men, and it's the same principle. You know, like, for instance, um, one of Newton's three laws says that, you know, a body in motion remains in motion as long as it's not affected by another force, right? So so if you think about the consciousness of a, of a group of people, that consciousness, if it, if it is a, co- a consciousness of low self-esteem, and of fear and failure, 
then nothing can bring it out of that fear and failure until it's replaced with the consciousness of confidence and success. So yeah. when you look at you look at a football team that like lost three or four games, you know, if they get down on themselves, I can pretty much guarantee bet they're gonna lose the fifth game too, right? That's correct. Whatever they take is what's gonna happen. I mean, that's just the laws of physics. There's no difference between physics and consciousness. They're all the same because physics is understood by consciousness. That's correct. That is really correct. And see, that that's why, like, um, the renewal process, MJ, my skin a year ago was beginning to become cracked and wrinkled. It wasn't cracking, but it was so wrinkled and scaly looking, it was unreal. It was just like I dried up or dried up. Hmm. And uh, I was praying about it one day, and um, I knew I was praying, right? You know, or you know, according to the actual knowledge of the teaching, but I had omitted something. And uh, that little voice in my head said, Gary, stop saying your body is healed. You are not that body. Right. You only dwell in it, and I will heal that body so you can dwell in it comfortably. And, man, I changed my prayer about that and started my confession. I don't use the term old either. And I kid you not, my skin is rejuvenated, and uh, it's amazing. Um, Jacob told me the other day, he said, he said, the skin on your back is as soft and as pretty as it can be. (laughs) And uh, uh, I I regrew the... uh, um, the graft on my left leg, and man, I'm going to tell you something, my left leg was messed up pretty bad. And um, I've regrown all of that, and um, I even thanked the doctor for doing it. And he looked at me and he said, Gary, I didn't, I didn't heal your leg, you did. And I looked at him and I realized what he was saying, and I knew he was correct, because he kept telling me he had an algorithm, he had a this, he had a that but he did not have the knowledge of the mind of the creator. And when you put that in gear, you've made the correct choice of choosing life and health. And that law will now hasten itself to perform the task and manifest it for you and me. That's what you and I both are saying right now tonight. Well, amen, man. And you know, the thing is, is that um, the intellect strives to figure this out. But in fact, the intellect fails miserably because he, he, he literally the first the first disciple call was Peter. That's faith, and you have to have the faith that your spoken word is enough. The, the thought and the word spoken is enough to bring about the change, and that's, that's intellect correct. fails miserably there. There's no there's no proving it except that the word says test me in these matters. And prove me, you know, and, you know, like what you said in the past, don't despise the day of little things, you know. Test That's correct. Yourself. But yes, the, so thought, right. the thought see, this, is the this, this simplicity, this simple knowledge, it's hid from the, the wise and the learned and the wealthy. They're full of their own ideas, concepts, and, and prosperity. They're not going to look at this. This is too damn simple. It is simple. It is is extremely simple. Uh, but it it literally, you know, it, it, you have to come to the point where you realize the brain in my head, excuse me, the yeah, the brain in this body 
it's it's just a tool. The brain is the tool. The consciousness yes, that runs this brain and that that runs this body is the true me. The true me is the conscious side. The the consciousness. The the brain and the the body itself is nothing but a tool. It's an organ. That's all it is. You bet. Yeah, but but in the organ, like in the body. Uh, we are so wonderfully made because the body itself reflects in it the image of the consciousness and the 12 powers. It's all reflected in the body, the 12 faculties. Sure it is. Sure. So you, even it said the life is in the blood, just like the essence is in that brain as, as an organ it is in that blood. And without that life essence, the physical body will die. A person can be dying and you can increase their electrical energy. Bam, they'll sometimes get miraculously healed. Welcome, Leo. Yeah, it's really amazing. Some of the, uh, and and you know know how the the story of Noah goes when, um, you know, it it says Noah, he's 500 years old and he gets a wife, you know. It took him time to to find a woman who was perfect in her uh, pedigree, right? Her her genetics weren't uh, tampered with. That's correct. And now I understand that the the, the story is hiding um, behind the first layer, it's hiding genetics. Um, But I also understand that, you know, Abraham and Isaac (laughs) sent their sons to a certain tribe to get their wives because they, they they, they were after women that were very knowledgeable of this way so that they could they could continue and preserve and keep this knowledge, you know? Absolutely. And see, they were pure in their genetics, as you stated, just as Noah was perfect in all of his generations, his genetics. And so this is why when you, uh, you go back and you start looking how they used to, uh, they would observe a wife uh, or a young man for their son or their daughter, and they would take it from their caste or their tribe, etc., because they were permitted to go outside of that. And by observing them, they would know the family and whether there were birth defects or genetics in there, and they would not allow that to be brought into the seed line because they knew they had to send forth a perfect genetic imprint for this knowledge to go forward and for them to be able to operate in it. And see, when you mix and mangle the seed, you lose the power that is built into each individual aspect. Every seed ever plant out there, just like every individual or species or group of individuals, has a particular trait or characteristic. You start mixing and mangling them, you begin to cut that power aspect down. Absolutely. You know, and and the, the really interesting thing is that just this morning, I just thinking and I just you know I know I've said this a hundred times but I didn't really grasp it until this morning that when it says that you know Abraham is the father of all nations what it's really saying is is you're looking at one individual being and when it's speaking of the nations it's considering the thoughts in that being as separate people that each one of these thought is thoughts is personified as a different man and so when he says, Abraham, command thy house, he's saying, look, you know, the higher mind, which is called in faith, command your house, 
speak it out in spirit and say, thank you, white blood cells, for doing the great job you're doing, you know? I mean, command yeah. your house. Yeah. You know? Yeah, see, and this, this is the thing. This is why um, I teach a, a lot of people, a lot of black people. Uh, I was, you know, a lot of Spanish because of being in San Antonio. But there's a lot of black folks around here, and sometimes they're far more open, receptive, and spiritual than some of the whites. Some of the whites, you just can't teach them a damn thing. Right. And uh, they're going to sign a card, go down and say hallelujah, you know, give them so much money, and, hell, you're now a member of the congregation. Or they got their own deal things. <laughs> but, um, excuse me, some of these uh, these blacks that I've run into know the knowledge of the purity of their race, their genetics. And, man, let me tell you, the ones that really know and understand, they'll jerk their children aside and say, hold on, let me clue you in. And, I mean, they'll educate them. And you don't see the diseases and the different things. And you'll see certain groups of them, and they're slim and healthy looking. And then you'll see the majority of them, and God have mercy, if they tell them to haul A, it'd take them a week, you know what I'm saying? And... Uh, <laughs> So uh, uh, there's a lot of things to this. Uh, the same within Spanish people, or like say Guatemalans and different things would come through here going, say, up north. And uh, you get to talk to them, and uh, they are very unique to their race. But you see, there was a knowledge that was practiced, and see, like in, Pal- in uh, Pakistan and certain parts of uh, uh, Afghanistan, they do the true, correct knowledge of the inbreeding pursuit to say scriptural knowledge, but hot damn, they do not discriminate, and they breed back defects in like you wouldn't believe. And see, this here is the difference between knowing how to be a husbandman and just uh, wanting to go out here and you know fire your gun, so to speak. Well, now let's, and, and I appreciate what you're saying, but you know, every group, you know, let's say if you, if you, whatever race, and every group has their gifts, and every group has do. their holy gifts, and, and 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 that's why I'm real careful not to despise or talk bad about any religion at this point, because I've seen now that religion is the door. It's sort of like. It's the door which gets gets you into the gate, in a sense. You know, when you get in, and it, maybe it, you it definitely can do that. It definitely can do that. I had that yeah. very thing that you're referring to occur to me in San Antonio. Um, I was at an R.W. Schambach uh, revival, and I mean, God, there must have been five, 6,000 people in there. And um, I kept wondering, because I kept listening to him, and finally I got a chance to talk to him. I said, uh, Brother Schambach, I said, tell me. I said, why don't you teach these people what you know? Because I knew certain things about him, and he did, but he wouldn't really tell them that. And um, he said, well, he said, there's people going to come here. He said, if I tell them everything about it, he said, they're going to walk out that door. I'll never get a chance to teach them. He said, but if I can teach them this, I can lay a foundation. He said, and then we can go from here. And I walked off, and I was praying about it, you know, and uh, thanked him for his time. And uh, a little voice in my head said, Gary, I can bring these people here to this meeting that I cannot send or carry to your church. I said, whoop, 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 hold a second here. Whose church? Your church. I said, oh, PC, something's got to change. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. And, brother, from that point on, I started really changing because I started looking, you know, at what I'd been taught. And, you know, I mean, they were good people and they had great power and everything else, but they just didn't have the rest of the program. And so that's why I work with so many of these different folks because of the fact, uh, as you said, they each have their own unique gifts and abilities. Certain tribes, uh, and say the Native American tribes, man, when you deal with Geronimo, um, let me tell you something, that feathered hat he wore, there was a reason he wore that hat. And um, and see, people, but they don't know that. And the cloven tongues of fire, that's what the symbols of those feathers on their heads is all about, the feathered flying serpent of Quetzalcoatl. I mean, the Kukulakan. I mean, all of these different things, but people don't know that anymore. They have lost that knowledge. They've left it. Yeah, I, I I understand, but you know what? Even though they've lost the, the symbol, if, if somebody comes along, if they're receptive, and the thing is, they have to be receptive. If, they, if they've become too static, you know, as you can't put new wine in an old wine skin, you know, but if they're a little bit pliable and they're receptive, then you can teach them. And I, I, it took me a long time to hear what you were saying about, hey, you know, be careful about always using the King James, you know, version, you know, to teach this stuff because, you know, that's what I grew up on. Um, But once you come to understand, you know, you can say the same truth without using the analogies that were set forth in the King James, for instance, right? That's correct. See, that's what I was saying tonight about the, it's all encoded in our DNA, RNA, uh, uh, chromosome and codon, and at certain things cause a stimulation of thought that triggers the movement of the nucleic acid, and that release is acting like the mother of necessity, bringing forth the invention or the knowledge to the solution, the enlightened state. And and this can occur at any given time. That's why I like to use so many different types of analogies because all of them don't fit the same individual. Well, that's the really interesting thing is that um, I've come to realize that DNA, in two is um, DNA is just like any other matter. It's subject to consciousness, and it sure is. It sure is. But see, that's the unique thing. That DNA, uh, MJ, is it's got the coatings in it. It's it's like a it's like a hard drive that you can access and pull that information. It doesn't do the thinking. It's only a repository of memory to continue to build, or rebuild, or to say and move the structure forward with. And that's what's in there. And seeing special mind labs and things of that, we've proven all this. But damn, this is not public knowledge. I mean, it's leaking here and there and yonder, but it's not fully taught out here. But you're correct about that. Okay, okay. Now, you know in the Bible, in the Old Testament, where it talks about Yah could not, he, he didn't have a dwelling place with him, but he dwelt in the tents with them while they were in the wilderness. Okay? Now, yeah. I read something the other day that made a lot of sense to me, and it talked about how that was a symbol for uh, the, uh, of the man, the type of man who has never worked on the... Um, building the age-lasting body. So therefore, he's gone through many many incarnations. And and based on that, which makes perfect sense to me, but based on that, you know, then it would make sense that the knowledge of those incarnations would be um, stored 
in the DNA in which the uh, of the body in which he resides is now. Now, um, is that what you're saying there? Exa- I mean, if I misstated what you were saying, or is that in accord with what you were just saying? Well, let's put it this way: everything that Adam had, you and I had. Everything. Well, never I, been I long. agree that we all had the same operating system. I, I agree with that. But, like for instance, when I, I, I think that there would come a time during the uh, maturation process that one would be able to see into his past incarnations. Um, oh, yes. Well, you can because, see, the record of thought, this is why they call it the Akashic Record, or going into the uh, labyrinth. You're going into the hidden underground record repository that they uh, allege is beneath the Sphinx and, say, the Great Pyramid. But yet that pyramid is a symbol of you and I. And, and the Sphinx is always looking to light. That's why it faces, uh, faces east every day to the sun. And so uh, we're doing the same thing. It's just that they're using a different symbol and analogy. But as you and I look into it, um, like uh, I've sat in a circle before where they would call up the spirit of the elders. And what they were doing was tying into the ancestral record of those that had lived in these previous incarnations, and they would sit and counsel with those thoughts. Uh, and I was privy to sit in on it and be able to be in the council with them. And uh, they would even speak about my past and where I come from. I mean, stuff that nobody around there could know. And so what it was, it was opening up of the channel of this deeper self-knowledge because, see, we're really all one. And uh, this is why uh, uh, in a man and woman or in a family a lot of times, um, just the very thought that you put uh, your thought on, let's say, another individual or something and you think well of them or whatever, if a mate has a streak of jealousy in them, uh, hot dang, they pick up on that. And now all of a sudden you're looking at them, you're going to jump them, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Because, see, those are the fears that they have in their mind, but they're picking up on it because, in reality, we are all one. That is one of the principles that is uh, um, well-known in, let's say, remote view circles. And it makes perfect sense. One heart, one love, one life, and then that would mean there is but one human, and that would be the totality of, uh, of God which is the one life that we... And then Acts 17, 28, for in him we live, move, and have our being. So Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I believe they call it the Holy See, and that the chief officer of the Holy See is the fisher of men, because we're talking about thoughts. We're talking about consciousness here. And the fish, of course, would be thoughts or ideas, right? Yeah, and the Holy See, it's not seas, it's sea because it's a one-eyed state. And if an eye be single, then it be filled with light, the whole body is filled with light. But if it be dark, how great is that degree of darkness? Well, that's the, that's the really, that's the really, that's the paradox. Because, because I do believe that the, 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 the builders that built the state in which we are undertaking in currently, um, they understand consciousness. They understand these things. Um, sure they now, do. The, the question is, is, um, is, is man ready to hear uh, to the depths of that we're talking about tonight? I mean, you can broadcast seed, but 
be careful about eating at strong meat. I mean, you'd hate to have someone sitting there cussing you, and all he's doing is bringing curses on his own head, you know? They're, they're not going to hear what we're really talking about. There's only only around. those that are receptive are going to catch it. The rest of them are not going to. They're not all going to be at the same level of understanding, and they can't all grasp what's being said or taught. But here's the thing. As we teach this, we're laying the foundation for the awakening that is occurring right now, and the troubles, trials, and tribulations that appear uh, is going to make the average individual that has never heard his heart or her heart will appear and pale and uh, be destroyed or removed. However, the others that did here in that time and that hour, they will fall back and do the Hail Mary of the punch, so to speak. They're not all going to be lost, but they're all going to have to be changed. Yeah, that that was the other thing I wanted to mention. I, I went and did some searching on, um, you know, in, in the Bible it talks about the day of judgment, always the day of judgment, the day of judgment. And I was like, hold on a minute. This can't be the way they've written it because, you know, it says that, like, you know, he who takes the Lord's name in vain will not be held uh, he, uh, innocent. In other words, the yes. judgment comes immediately. And, and it's That's right. Like, Judgment Day Today is, is literally the, day. the effect of the cause in which we set in motion. That's when Judgment Day happens, you know, and yep. we're the captain of the ship. If we if we sin in our ignorance, um, in 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 discord with the divine law, then we bring judgment on our own heads. That's, that's it. That, that's it. And we made the choice because we're the one, as you said, we're the captain of the ship. We're looking at the charts, and we're steering and sailing the seas of creation. And in those seas, after many days, we're going to return, and we're going to have great treasure or great calamity. <laughs> Either way, we've cast our bread on the water, so to speak. That's it, man. So I mean, they they got me they got me thinking all these years in church that I that I'd better do this and that because I hate to stand before the judge in the coming, you know, and 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 be guilty and go off to the place. Well, the place of gnashing of teeth is when you when you sin and bring this, you know, the. In other words, what I'm trying to say is the spiritual laws were already in place before we incarnated here, and and whether we like it or not. If we act ignorantly against them, they're still in place. If I tell Paul yes, to come down, you know, right? Remember, Harvey Weinstein is one of the chosen people, but he's weeping, wailing, and got gnashing of teeth. He just hadn't fully accepted it yet. <laughs> I mean, you understand? I mean, that's, that's as good an example as I know how to give you. Everybody ought to know that. <laughs> That was the thing is that somebody the other day was harping at me. He said it like this right here. <laughs> now listen, Gary, I I've been forthright with you and Jim. You all know that my my heritage is not of um, Native American descent, and and I don't yeah. hold any, whatever. If somebody should be proud of their heritage, that's who they came from, and yeah. they should know where they come from and be proud of where they come from. But I draw the line when somebody says, only you can do this because you're of a certain, um, um, how do you say, race or creed or whatever. And I'm like, hold Absolutely. on. That's a sin against the uh, Holy Spirit there because it, the, the, we're all born with the same, um, 
how do you say it, operating system. And so, you know, I can call forth some spirit just as you can, you know. And, and Oh, yeah. That mirror yeah, is going to... Look at, look at Balaam. Every now and then, all of us can be a prophet. We have to deter- determine whether we're going to be a good one, a wise one, or one that will sell out for anything. Every now and then, one of us got to be a jackass. <laughs> to speak to a bailer. <laughs> so, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from. We played all these roles, all these parts. We're like the bastards in a diamond. Uh, if we didn't, we wouldn't have the perspective. We, we wouldn't be able to associate with it. See, like when I hear you and the different experiences you got, all of a sudden, man, it triggers all kinds of things in my head, like where I come from, what happened? And uh, see, that's a great thing. That way we can laugh and joke and, and jest in a sense, uh, and, and yet we make it light on our brother and sister so that they can do the change and step forward. Amen. You know, and, uh, one thing, one other just thought that I'd just like to throw out there is that um, the the same guy I was talking to, uh, this man was up, I won't, I won't even give anything any about this man, but he, but he said to me, that um, um, that we have to know things by experience. And I said, well, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, does the mathematician need to fail in order to know that 2 plus 2 is 4? No. I said, it's an exact science. You know it. It, it. There is nothing but absolute truth there. There's no wavering. You know, and in experience, in order to know two plus two is four, you know it. And that's what I think the difference is between the sense plane and the spiritual plane. In the spiritual plane, it's absolute truth. You know it. It is what it is. You go from one complete state to another complete state. You don't evolve from point A to point B like you do in the sense plane. Yeah, so, you're, like a, you're like an atom uh, when an electron uh, is moved from one um, nuclei to another, it doesn't do a gradual transition. It's an instantaneous thing. Instantaneous. That's why Jesus said to the centurion, "Hey, I've never seen I, I've never seen this much faith, even in all of Israel. You got what That's you cool. wanted. Go on back home. You got it, man. You That's know. it. I can't withhold this from you. It doesn't make it. I, I hear these people. I mean, I I, I understand identity and seed line, and God, there's many of these people are really good, but Friend, there is a whole lot more to this thing than just identity and seed line. You need to understand what the hell the Adam was for, what he was supposed to do. And uh, then you'll shut all that crap up, and you'll go to helping your fellow man and quit condemning your fellow man. You can't help a fellow if you're going to call him SOB every time you turn around and look at him. Well, when you when you start to realize the allegory and you start to realize that there's an Adam and Eve in every single male and female here on the face of this planet, then you realize, hold on, this story is about me. Yes, you it know? is. It, it really, really is. And and see, um, um, I mean, there's different ones I, I get to talk to, and I mean, um, they they they've grown like in your case, God, man, you have just you were already a smart, intelligent man. It's just that. Little things here and there, you know, it takes us a while to sometimes evolve uh, in our thought processes from what the thunder we believe, been taught, accepted, etc. And then we have to go past the fiery trial of, say, peer pressure 
because some of them, oh, my God, you've done lost and went to hell and everything else. You're everything but your rug's on fire. And uh, and so you you have to just go on if you're going to help them. Um, there's times that um, people are looking and say, well, I wouldn't go talk to them. Those people are homosexuals. You know, there's a scripture in there that says, in time past, such as were some of you. That means somebody done some changing. It didn't change because nobody talked to them, they, and they won't change if you're going to throw rocks at them. Bob Marley made a statement. He said, "If you know, it's kind of like if you live in a glass house, don't throw rocks. You don't know who's watching you while you're watching somebody else. And uh, <laughs> then, uh, and, and I've helped many of them. Uh, I've had lesbian families, and, and I would help them. Uh, some of them had been married, and because of the situations they got into, hell, they just turned away from men. I can understand where they're coming from. But once we got their heads straightened out, bang, they straightened up and done everything, you know, and went on with their lives and their just fine, fine folks. And um, so you can't you can't just, as you say, you can't judge that book by its cover. And just because one does this, you can't put them all in the same bushel basket. Amen to that. You know, I mean, you talk about the chosen chosen race, man. I, I was reading... Um, Mysteries of John the other day, and I read something, and I was like, God, it's so true, man. It's like, he said, look, he said, when Jesus was arguing with the with the Jews, or vice versa, the Jews are arguing with Jesus, the Jews represent the religious forms and traditions that we grew up in, and Jesus represents the Christ, and it's the higher mind. It, 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 it's us struggling against the concepts of spirit, the intellect going, this can't be real, you know, this, this can't be how it really is, you know, I, I don't understand, right? And yeah. So it, it doesn't fit with my form, it doesn't fit with everything that I grew up with and the beliefs that I have forged, you know, but having the courage to challenge where do these beliefs come from, you know, how did I end up here with these beliefs, you know? And yeah. That's true. To move on. It, it, it's, it's tough. And you realize, hey, you know, this is really this story about, you know, the argument of the Jews with Jesus is is really a story about what's going on internally in our minds as we struggle to come forth to you know, the spiritual place. It's the, story, it's the story of you, each and every individual that comes here. Yes, that is correct. That is, that is absolutely correct. And see... We, we all deviate. I mean, hell, I ain't always been a righteous man. And, uh, man, there's times uh, I kick both feet in my butt, too, you know, and stick both feet in my mouth and uh, and try to sing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the fact of it is, is that, man, I screw up a lot of times. But you know them screw-ups, man, they help me learn a lot because it teaches me, man, I don't want to do that no more. I know what happens when you do that. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it's a growth process, and it's it's something that you can share so that uh, you can teach your fellow man, hey, you know, our God's not setting up there, so to speak, with a damn lightning bolt pulling machine, and it's got automatic on it. Uh, it, it. That's not it at all, but that's what they taught us for years, so to speak. Well, you know, they they uh, used to when I'd come come to this stuff. You know, I'd hear I'd hear go preach, go preach. You know, I'd see the GP. You know, the sky, and I didn't realize it was for go plow. You know, and then a man came to me and said, "Hey, man, you couldn't throw seed to a bunch of starving birds, man. So come on, get up and plow a little before you preach, right?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, do it yourself before you start preaching to someone else, right? 
Yeah, that's but correct. Do... And you know, there's a lot of them. They go, they go and run because somebody tells them to. But they remind me of them two fellows that was running to David with the message. One guy, they called him in, and uh, they gave him the message. And um, he was ready to go, and the other one was there. And uh, he took off just for the, they gave the message, you know, to go back to David. And uh, he hadn't, he didn't really know the fullness of the fight. And so, uh, man, he was fast. He was just hauling it down the road, you know, just burning up the road. And uh, David seen him, and he said, well, there comes old so-and-so. And he ran up. He said, how goes the war? He said, I don't know. When I left, they were still fighting. And David looked up, and he seen this other fellow coming. He wasn't as fast. He said, stand aside. I said, old so-and-so, and he's always got the goods, in essence. How's it going? He said, well, Joab thrust Absalom through with the dark. Woo, son. I mean, See, he knew the difference. Just because you're fast and swift, there's a lot of folks running out there, but they don't have no message. They don't know nothing. Yes, sir. Well, I went to the doctor the other day. I had to have a little surgery on my toe, and uh, um, I dropped a darn torque converter on my toe and had to get him to remove my toenail because it was just a mess. And, and the guy, he starts in on me about coming to his church, you know, and I said, well, I said, give me the information. I certainly appreciate it, and I appreciate you caring enough about me to share it with me. But afterwards, I walked out and took it and put it in the trash. You know what I mean? Yep. And I, I won't mention the denomination, but, um, you know, I've just come to realize that a lot of these denominations out there, they don't know their head from a hole in the ground. You know, it's it's good to come to these religious houses and that they certainly open up a gate so that, you know, at least you start reading, you know, these uh, these mysteries and be, becoming um, affiliated with them. But unless somebody sits down and explains it to you, you may as well be reading a fairy tale, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can agree with that because I'm telling you, there's people that I know of, uh, a friend of mine I went to school with, and uh, um, Tommy's a real nice guy, and uh, we... Uh, met that we were at a Stein's Lumber Company. The girls had to go in and pick up some stuff, and so I went in, and they needed some money, and Shawnee come up to me, and we knew it was such and such, and he seen what she was going after. He looked at what she was counting. She said, that ain't going to, he said, that ain't going to be enough. And I said, how much you need, Reading? And so I opened up my bill phone, all that count up, it's one, two, three ones, and then a ten. And uh, he said, that ain't going to be enough either. And I flipped it one more time, and the 50 rolled up. And I said, well, take this drunk, dead president. I said, that ought to handle it. And he said, yep, that'll take care of it. And we talked <laughs> on quite a bit. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, Tommy, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, uh, you and I grew up together, and I said, it's true enough, we country fellas. But we have read a book or two. He kind of chuckled, you know. And I said, but let me tell you this. You can't teach this. They'd run you out of town if you told them. I said, but Tommy, you're really a god walking around in a coat of skin, a piece of meat called Tommy. I said, do you understand what I'm saying to you? I told him more scripture right then than he's probably preached in his life. Mm-hmm. He's got silver white hair. Nice looking young man too. 
You know what? That's what I meant earlier by that every man really bears the, the in symbolic form the name Jesus because Jesus is the symbol for every man showing us that we all can do this. This is the way of life, and we are all called to that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. let this mind be in you. This is a command. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who did not count, who being in the form of God. Well, so are we. We got the same operating system. Did not find yep. it robbery to be thought equal with God. Well, and see, another aspect is telling you, receive you the Holy Ghost. What it really means is, look, you better take the Holy Ghost. You better take this higher divine mind. You better take and learn of her and possess her because that's what I had to do to create from the beginning, and you got to do the same thing because you're no different. You're made just like me, my pattern. He breathed on them, didn't didn't uh, in uh, in Genesis two? Yahweh Elohim breathed in the nostrils of the man whom he had formed, and he became a living soul. Jesus sure, breathed the on the New Testament. Testament. He, he breathed on them. See the mm-hmm. same analogy. You're breathing on them. When I pray for these people, many times, don't you hear me breathe on them on this call? You know it. You know it. That's what you call inspiration, <laughs> right? You yeah, no, but I mean, literally, when I pray for them, I pull my energy up, I breathe it out. I tell them, take two or three deep breaths. Well, if I take it in, you got to let it go. <laughs> That's right. And the same scripture says, God is not a man. God is spirit. So we're talking about consciousness. And this form in which I occupy currently is just that. It's a form. It's a vessel. It's a It's a temple. That which I, I that the I am is, I tell you, it, it it's like, I mean, I'm just as a child coming to this knowledge. I mean, I'll be flat out honest with you, but I mean, I devour it when I have an opportunity, you know. And I kind of, I love speaking to other people that are in the same way because it just does nothing but yeah, embolden me to it, you know. Yeah, well, I understand. It tells us, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The me is you and I. And we're not to have anything before us other than that divine law and truth. Well, that me is really those codons and DNA and stuff that's inside of us. And that's activated and really utilized by the woman, the feminine aspect of the house, because she's the teacher. It's, we kind of have to stretch our tent cords of understanding to get the meaning of what's really being taught sometimes in the scriptures um, uh, and be able to utilize them. And, Lulu, I wanted to say hello. I see you're in there. We've missed you. But nevertheless... Hi. Uh, I, just, uh, I didn't want to interrupt. I've just been soaking it all in. Hi. Nice to talk to you guys. Nice to hear you. Same here, baby. But uh, let me con- let me finish on up with MJ, and if we got any time here, uh, we'll point back to you. We don't we try not to make this thing too long, so that they get a chance that they can pick up and get some good knowledge, something to really chew on, and uh, then go forward. Um, hey, and, I'll, um, step back. I'll step back now. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you the call and everyone on it. And I'll step back and go ahead. You take 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 the bull by the horns, Lulu. You got it. that's a good thing i feel really on the spot right now okay well um 
I've been off the map, so to speak, for a while, just trying to figure things out in in my heart and in my mind. And uh, I found a lot of my barriers. I've located a lot of my um, the walls that were built up subconsciously or consciously out of fear or doubt. And I've been going to therapy and, well, a therapist that I feel actually cares to hear and to help and to help me uncover the things that are blocking me in my daily life because the person that I am today in many ways is stronger than the person I was a year ago. But now I feel also very vulnerable in other aspects because I've now come to the realization what the barriers are, what the blockages are, and now that I'm aware of them, well, now I have to do something about them. Now I need a program to actually, you know, utilize the best parts of me to overcome those barriers. So, You know, uh, have you ever read any self-hypnosis books? Um, I've listened to a lot of um, self-hypnosis um, videos like YouTube videos. I've also listened to um, the recordings that you all have on the website, and that I'm talking about. I'm I'm talking about getting go to a half price bookstore, or cheap bookstore, whatever, and go down there and just look and find any little books that you can find on self hypnosis. They don't have to be great big books. Something that's going to teach you self hypnosis. Going to give you a few insight tidbits of how to put a thought in your mind. Much like we're saying here. Uh, but it will give you the ability to develop a program that you want specifically for you. And uh, another little thing I wanted to ask you is, how's the little bird doing? Uh, she is tremendously awesome. Um, growing like leaps and bounds. She is, she's almost four, and she's already three and a half feet tall. Probably a little taller now because that was a few months ago. I mean, I just, She's, by the time she's six, she's going to probably be my height of 5'4". I'm just, like, blown away by her. But her, her personality, her her spirit, her, I mean, her energy is just, it's unbelievable. Very intelligent, very well-spoken. I mean, she don't miss a beat. So she's doing wonderful. Thank you for that asking. Great. That sounds great. Yeah, I had... Um... I knew that uh, I hadn't heard from you in a while, and and um, I knew that uh, you probably went through some different things. You know, sometimes after a situation like that with Matt, uh, um, you have to deal with a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I had to say, I had to face the mirror a lot, and that was really hard. That was. Um, a part of the process, a part of the growth process, you know, like where I had to be the jackass, so to speak, and to learn that don't do that again or, you know, maybe look in this direction or or don't fear what you don't know. And a lot of the things that I think hold me back and a lot of people back is the fear of the unknown. And just going to therapy, I mean, I, I tried different therapists, and as soon as I felt like it wasn't genuine and they had nothing to offer me um, as far as, like, moving forward, 
instead of just sitting there reiterating, you know, what I had gone through, um, it really helped me locate what the things were that were holding me back even before Matt passed away. And um, it put a lot of things into perspective for me. And I'm, I actually just contacted um, one of the more, well, the most credible hypnotists in the area. And because I have read about it and I know about it and I was getting really good with self-hypnosis, um, before Matt passed, and I, I kind of just, like, just went off the map and had to go through the process, like, in a washing machine on the uneven cycle. But um, I, I was willing to radically give that a shot just because since he's been gone, my ability to... Maybe I should try transcendental meditation just to kind of open the door again because I feel like I just shut down that side of my brain. Like everything became very, um, very left brain, very logical, very to-do list. So it was like both hemispheres of my brain, they didn't want to talk to one another. They weren't ready to. And I started to realize, like, okay, if I physically do things that incorporate both hemispheres of my brain, maybe I'll start, you know, rewiring it back to health and I'll start having those positive, you know, chemicals secreted from my brain and it will bring more happiness and more enlightenment and more motivation to continue on this journey. So That's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying get you some of those cheap used um, self-hypnosis books and learn some of the techniques because... So you can give the command for the right and left hemispheres to work together in harmony. They operate from two different aspects. And see, Raymond Abrazal, Dr. Abrazal, uh, of the sopralogy uh, uh, knowledge, uh, taught a particular tape called the Galaxy of Stars. And what it was, it was how to sync, because you've got two programs running at the same time. One is right brain oriented, one left brain oriented. And you had tasks that you had to perform during the say. I mean, listen, I was blessed to learn a lot of that. But uh, uh, you can give those same programs to yourself. I mean, you're 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 literally really the one that's going to do all the programming anyway. The suggestion may come from a hypnotist or so forth or a hypnotherapist, but in reality, uh, you are the one that ultimately, in the deep realm of the mind, is going to acknowledge whether or not you accept the program and do the actual act or whatever, you know, in the physical. But uh, you can reprogram that real, real easy. One other question. Have you found you another feller to talk to every now and then? As far as, like, a relationship? Yeah. Um, There's been a few different guys that I tried to connect with, but I'm still comparing everyone to Matt, and I know that I'm still... Just, I feel like he was my alien subspecies, basically, and the only other person that understood me and we could talk for hours, you know, in a room full of nothing about everything in the universe and and never get bored. It, it's, you know, me and um, his friend Kevin, um, who was a fellow soldier, like we were just talking not too long ago about how 
we miss him so much that we look for him in other people. We look for aspects of him in other people, and we try to cherish that because we miss him so much, like the multifaceted personality that he had. So there was a lot of... Um, well, that's a normal thing, though. That's a normal I mean, thing. I understand that there's a lot of guilt, too, that comes with... Um, the fact that, like, I'm even thinking about, I mean, there's points, like, where I just wanted company because I had, like, a, for lack of a better term, phantom limb syndrome where I was always with Matt and then not having that male security there, I kind of went into, like, hypervigilance and was like, okay, now I have to be the man of the house. So I kind of went into overdrive, you know, under the stress, under the pressure, under the trauma. And um, my therapist is basically the one who checked me and was like, hey, you know, and she does EMDR. I, I honestly can't remember what the acronym means, but it's like the, the conscious, um, like, hypnosis where they just have you follow their fingers and they try to get you to a um, a peaceful place. Like, you describe your own place of peace, basically. She got me to that place. She had me describe everything so that it was the first time I actually used visualization and felt like I was actually somewhere else like I would have done through self-hypnosis. And she helped me get there. Just in one brief moment, once I got there, I just started crying. And I realized that I was holding so much back, saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and not actually fixing myself, fixing the problem. See, that's the real reason of the release. Um, without that release, the stress does not disappear. And um, that's why much of this is coupled with, say, positive thoughts, positive ideas, bring me benefits and blessings that uh, I desire and deserve each and every day, each and every way. And uh, you might have that, or you might create that space to where that uh, that blissful uh, stress relief uh uh, is only uh, supporting or underpinning the uh, the self-given uh, program that you've established for yourself, and you you'll have things that really happen really quick. So that's how that lady uh, that uh, had the hemorrhagic stroke um, in about thirty forty five days. I mean, she really uh, she healed herself. She just I gave her the tools to understand, and she applied them, and boom, 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 boom. Here it happened. And, uh, no, see, that's, I, that's, I, I totally, I totally believe that. Agree with that. I know that I am capable of it. And I, I it, it was almost like um, when he passed, like for the first year, it was like I had amnesia how to use that part of my body. Like I felt like I was completely, all my wiring had just started going, you know, you know, misfiring. And the only thing that I have been making progress on um, alone was the actually learning how to cry and, like, let myself cry because before I had to, like, be a rock. And yeah. um, and knowing how important it is to actually cry and release those emotions and, you know, accept things for how they are because for the longest time I just couldn't accept yeah. the way that things are, you know, the way that things were fated to be, so to speak. So... It, it, it can also be how you perceive um, what what's going on, let's say, in your own mental attitude uh, in regards to situations that were at hand, 
And sometimes you can create or put the self-guilt load on yourself, and that's something that you have to allow yourself to let go of. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, that, that, and, that's, and that's the things that I've been working on is a lot of the anxiety and me losing control over my own body was my thoughts were so scattered and, like, I could take one scenario and think about it from five, six different perspectives, and I'd have emotions attached to each and every one of those perspectives. And before I knew it, my head was spinning, you know, 360 degrees all day long to the point where I just got so overwhelmed and I didn't know what I thought and what I felt anymore. So once I got, once I got to the point, like, where I finally broke down, and was having panic attacks every day, I tried my hardest to not go on medication because, you know, well, for obvious reasons, you don't want to go on medication for that. And I didn't have the tools, even though I had learned about, you know, coping mechanisms with Matt for his anxiety, um, it was completely different for me to experience it in that intensity and still take care of my daughter like, it was almost like I was having an out-of-body experience. Like, I have no control over myself anymore. Like, this is not me. So once, you know, they they started me on pills, like, occasionally just for panic attacks until I can get to the right therapist, then I went through a couple therapists, and I'm like, you're not working for me. And the only thing I could really do was dream work because I knew that dream work was something that I've always done, and it was before the trauma happened. So I started with the dream work and really asking to, like, see him or talk with him or just get insights and get visions. And uh, ever since then, I've been doing the dream work. A lot have a lot of things have been uncovered. A lot of people have come into my life that are more of a support system in the positive aspect. So I, I made up my mind to, like, okay, if this is what... I can do for now. Let me just focus on this. Let me just take baby steps with this. Now I'm at the point where I feel stronger, more confident, more in control. I'm coming off of the medication. And I want to be just healthy and sober and be a perfect mirror for Little Bird. And that's, you know, I also had to deal with the guilt of, like, her seeing me you know, be a wreck. So I've I've isolated a lot from her in the sense of, like, what I'm going through. So I felt like I wasn't really um, giving her all of me that she deserved because I wasn't right in my own mind and my heart. So it's just broken. So, but you're, you're absolutely right with the, the self-hypnosis. And I wanted to go to a hypnotist just to kind of, like, get my feet wet again to, like, remember, to remember okay, the well, let, uh, We've got one on the call called For Noble Truth. And uh, hello, everyone. DMG Whitewell, um, are either of you familiar with Barbara Marcinac? And uh, she channels the flag. Listen, that woman can show you how to give it. I sent out stuff on that. But if you look up Barbara Marcinac, M-A-R-C-I-N-I-A-K. She can tell you how to blow up the limitations. See, because right now, as I've listened to you, I hear more left brain talking than I do the right brain, the high self. 
Right, and that's I know not you how I go, normally operate. Yeah, I understand. I know you can operate there because I've, I've been with you and talked with you at times where you've done that. Um, but uh, I would do, as uh, Noble Truth says, uh, uh, recommends Barbara Marcinac, M-A-R-C-I-N-I-A-K. Um, I hate to, but I really need to back out of here because I'm really kind of beyond my time. <laughs> and uh, I, um, I'm i going to have to take and go. So, honey, I'm glad that you came on the call. I hadn't heard from you in a while. And uh, Little Bird, I'm glad she's doing well. I'm glad that you're getting better and improving. And uh, like I said, uh, Barbara Marcinac is a good place to start because that lady's real sharp. I've listened to her, and I've sent tapes out or videotapes out for that. Um, let's see, I'm definitely uh, going to check her out. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Okay. And anyway, I'm going to throw it to Jim, honey. Thank you, and I love you. Give my best to the little one. You bet. I will. Thanks, uh, Noble Truth. Uh, Jim, you got a handle on this thing? Yes, I do, brother. All right. I'm going to let you kick it down the road. I had to take that that breather while I I was doing this here because I knew I was running over time, and I was supposed to do it right at 8, and I was a little bit late, but that's okay. I'm still living. (laughs) Anyhow, I love y'all. I'm going to back out of here and catch you later. And uh, y'all have a good evening. Bless you, Jim, you and your household. And I trust the Lincoln everybody was doing fine tonight. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, Sue uh, took them to, uh, took her to work. Well, that sounds great. Anyway, I love you, and I'll catch you later. Uh, maybe we'll get a chance to talk in the morning. Uh, I don't know, though. I got to be in Texas. Um, I got to run back and take care of my stuff over there. And you know something? I don't think they're going to rebuild our post office in Deweyville. That thing has been, uh, flooded, uh, two times within a year. And I don't know how many times overall, it seems like every time the river goes up, it everything downtown goes, or what they call downtown goes under underwater. Um, it had uh, water all the way to uh, that main highway that runs into Orange. And in some cases, it was all the way past Mauriceville from the Louisiana State, uh, Texas state line. But anyway, Jim, I love you. Shalom, prosper, be in health. Um, Lilu, all of you that came on, MJ, uh, Gilbert in, um, in California, uh, and the rest of you, Shalom, Prosper, be in great good health. Good night, Jim. Good night, brother. Shalom, Prosper, be in perfect health. Good night. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thanks for coming. Well, folks, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming. And, and do you, anyone else have anything to say before we cut it? Off here? I think I'm good. Okay. Well, with that, you know, like like I said before, thank you for coming, and may Yahweh bless you, keep you in perfect divine health, and may all your dreams that are good, good, and very good come true, and stay safe and out of harm's way. With that, I'm going to end the call. Thank you, everyone. Y'all have a great evening now. Shalom. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.